At City of Hope, its innovative treatments for cancer and groundbreaking research have saved millions of lives all over the world. This is City of Hope Radio with your host, Melanie Cole. City of Hope is actively developing tomorrow's treatment protocols today for prostate cancer. As a patient at City of Hope, you have a highly experienced and dedicated team to treat you and help you cope with cancer. My guest today is Dr. Timothy Wilson. He's a professor-in-chief in the Division of Urology and Urologic Oncology and the director of the Prostate Cancer Program at City of Hope. Welcome to the show, Dr. Wilson. Tell us about your approach to treatment for prostate and urologic cancer care at City of Hope. Well, thank you, and thank you for uh, inviting me to speak today. Um, I think the um, most important thing uh, to note about our, our treatment at City of Hope and in evaluating patients is that no one treatment fits all men. In other words, we like to think of each, in, each patient as an individual, and we like to tailor the treatment plan based on the characteristics of that patient's cancer. So tell us a little bit about prostate cancer, because we know, Dr. Wilson, that we women are who send our men into the doctor in the first place, whether they have symptoms or not. We force them in there. So tell us a little bit about some symptoms that men might notice themselves that would send them to see you. Okay. Um, well, that's, um, that's, an important be- question, that's an important question, because... Most men, in fact, uh, that have prostate cancer don't have any symptoms. Um, prostate cancer is the, is the most common cancer in men uh, in the United States and um, is the second leading cause of cancer death in men. So it is a, it's an important cancer because um, it, it, it impacts so many men's lives and their families. Uh, but as I said, most men don't have any symptoms, although uh, some symptoms could include uh, problems with urination, such as slow stream, getting up at night, um, uh, so difficulty emptying one's bladder. Uh, one, one unusual symptom that happens occasionally is also having blood in the semen. Um, so urinary symptoms are not uncommon uh, when men are, you know, um, for a variety of reasons, but can be an early sign of prostate cancer. Um, when men have later stages of prostate cancer, uh, if there's um, spread of prostate cancer, then pain, bone pain, can be a, a, a presenting symptom. What's involved in screening, Dr. Wilson? Is, is PSA still the standard and the gold standard? Are there new genetic markers? Tell us about screening for prostate cancer. Okay. So uh, screening for prostate cancer uh, really began... Um, to become widespread in the early 1990s when PSA first became uh, clinically available. So PSA, which stands for prostate-specific antigen, is a protein uh, effectively only made by prostate tissue. It, it turns out it is the best screening test we have for any one cancer. Um, so it's very accurate in that regard, but it's not necessarily very specific. In other words, uh, an elevated PSA, uh, and this is part of the problem with PSA, um, is uh, an elevated PSA can be a sign of prostate cancer, but also be a sign of an enlarged prostate, or it can be a sign of an inflamed prostate. Um, screening for prostate cancer, as I said, began in the early 1990s, and at that time, um, and since that time, I should say, uh, we've seen a decline in the death rate from prostate cancer of about 30%. 
the controversy has has come up with prostate cancer screening because of PSA inaccuracies. In other words, as I alluded to earlier, an elevated PSA may not represent prostate cancer, but could be a sign of an enlarged prostate only and not cancer, but uh, also uh, an inflamed prostate. So it's up to the urologist uh, to distinguish uh, what the meaning of an elevated PSA is. So we still think PSA is an important test. We still use it. Uh, I still advocate it. There's, there's controversy because uh, it's thought that we may be over-diagnosing uh, prostate cancer in men that may not need treatment. But the important thing, to, uh, I think, is for men to work from fa- um, and for doctors to work with a foundation of knowledge. In other words, we'd, we'd much rather know if someone has prostate cancer and the characteristics of it, and that can tell us based on that and other factors about that individual's health history, whether they need treatment, and if they do, what kind of treatment is best for them. Then how really is is it diagnosed, and then you stage it, and then go on and tell us a little bit about some of the latest and hottest treatments that you're doing out there for prostate cancer. Sure. So when... So today, when men see their primary care physician, it's still our recommendation that men be screened for prostate cancer on an annual basis. And that screening typically uh, uses the PSA blood test <clears throat> um, as, as well as a, a physical examination of the prostate by the physician. If either one is abnormal, again, it doesn't mean that someone has prostate cancer, but it, needs, it means that they need further testing. Uh, today, uh, if men uh, have either one of those two uh, findings, an elevated PSA or an abnormal exam, such as a nodule that's palpated on the prostate by the doctor, then we recommend a prostate biopsy. And today, one of the, um, one of the significant advancements uh, has been that uh, MRI of the prostate is commonly used to evaluate the prostate in order to help direct the biopsies. And what we do today is fuse digitally the two technologies of MRI and ultrasound to help guide where the needle biopsies should go. So uh, the standard of care today has become using ultrasound and MRI together to help guide the biopsy. It's only with a biopsy or a, a small piece of tissue that's collected from a needle biopsy of the prostate that a pathologist can then look under the microscope at that tissue and determine whether or not prostate cancer is there. And once we determine that prostate cancer is there, important factors are things like how many, bi- how many of the needle biopsies that were done are positive for cancer, how much of those needle biopsies are actually involved in terms of kind of the percentage of the core of tissue, and also, the, um, what's most important is the aggressiveness of the cancer, something that's referred to as the Gleason score. So based on those factors, we then go on to um, stage the cancer. In other words, we try to find out whether or not it's confined to the prostate or not. And those, those tests include um, things like bone scans, uh, perhaps a CT scan, uh, the MRI, not only of the prostate, but of uh, the abdomen and pelvis sometimes are done. Um, those are the primary things. Sometimes PET scans will be used, but they're not so successful yet in prostate cancer. Um, but again, staging uh, really means and is defined as, as um, defining the extent of the cancer, whether or not it's spread or not. And we use 
the PSA is an important predictor. Uh, how they how the prostate feels to physical exam is the an important predictor as well as the Gleason score, and then these other sorts of radiographic or imaging studies that I mentioned earlier. We don't have a lot of time left, but tell us a little bit about tomotherapy and that your team of experts was the first in the Western United States to offer this treatment. Correct. So, so uh, helical tomotherapy is a um, a kind of radiation energy that's used uh, to focus beam of a beam of radiation energy onto the prostate uh, to pinpoint it uh, day by day with a uh, combined with a small imaging scans. So we know exactly where the prostate's sitting, and it's an eight, roughly an eight week course of treatment uh, that can be accurately uh, delivered over that period of time, typically with minimal side effects. Um, it is true that City of Hope has become best known for our work with minimally invasive treatments, such as um, robotic prostatectomy. So we've become experts um, and have probably performed uh, more robotic prostatectomies than any other, uh, any other institution, certainly in California and probably this side of the Mississippi. Um, we have some innovative things going on with that, such as um, actually visualizing prostate cancer cells during the surgery to help to, to help make sure that we can get all the cancer out, but also help define whether or not additional tissues such as lymph nodes need to be removed or whether or not we can safely spare very important structures around the prostate such as these nerve bundles that are important for bladder and sexual function. Dr. Wilson, please tell us why patients should come to City of Hope for their prostate and urologic cancer care. Well, I think the important thing about City of Hope uh, is that we approach each patient as an individual uh, and we try to tailor the treatment plan uh, for each patient. In other words, we don't think that any one treatment fits all men necessarily. Um, and we have a team of experts that help work with, uh, that, that work together for each patient to help develop that plan. This would include uh, the ur- urologist, such as myself, the medical oncologist, and the radiation oncologist. So I think it's the team approach and the individual approach to that care that really sets us apart from other institutions, uh, not only in Southern California, but around the world. Thank you so much, Dr. Timothy Wilson. You're listening to City of Hope Radio. For more information, you can go to cityofhope.org. That's cityofhope.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.